So I want to welcome everyone today to what is a hard day. And I want to welcome as well those of us who are gathered here in person as well as those of us who are gathered online. For those of you gathered online, just a reminder, we will turn you around here in a minute to, at the end of the service to see everyone. If you could just please make sure your microphones are muted so we don't get feedback here. And thank you so much for joining us. I know it means a great deal to Reem and the boys to be honoring God's memory both in person and online. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair of New Church Live in Bernathan, Pennsylvania. It's my honor to be able to speak here today on behalf of Bob and his family and, and life. And, and what I know is this. I know life always, always has three things. It's always blessed. It's always broken. It's always shared. And today is a day where we feel those breakings very acutely. And it's also a day, interestingly, we also feel those blessings even more. And today is a time where we get a chance to just gather together, to mourn together, to celebrate together, and to mark an incredibly good life. An incredibly good life. As Bob's sister-in-law said it, ever has it been known that love knows not its own depth until the hour of separation. I think that's very true. And what we get to celebrate today is, is, is a life that was really well lived. What a blessing that can be. And we can look at a life today, we can look at moments like today, yes, with how hard they are. But also, I'd ask you, open your hearts to the invitation that they are as well. The invitation to love a little more. The invitation to maybe get outside a little more. The invitation to just be a little bit better at the people that God asks us to be and the people that God asks us to be with. So with that, we're going to start the service. The way the service will run is I'll do a set of readings at first, then we'll have another song. Then I'll do the memorial address. We'll close with a blessing on the family, and then we'll have a final song. So our readings for today. The first, and this was found on a little piece of paper written by Bob himself, Genesis 21:20. And God was with the lad, and he grew up and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. The 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. For thou, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head, my head with oil, my cup. My cup runneth over. Should the goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And from Micah, about as simple a statement of how we are to live as one can find in the Bible. Micah 6. But what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And a piece from New Church Theology, Speaking of Heaven. People in heaven are continually progressing toward the springtime of their lives. The longer they live, the more pleasant and happy are their lives. This continues forever. 
increasing along with their growth of their love, thoughtfulness, and faith. In a word, to grow old in heaven is to grow young. People who have lived in a loving relationship with God and with others and with thoughtfulness and with kindness become like this in the other life and grow in this through all of eternity. All angels are mere forms of this, an infinite variety. This is what makes heaven. And a passage I'm going to come back to as part of the memorial address, the sixth day of creation. God saw all that he had made, and it was good. It was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And now we'll have our second. Thank you. And again, I want to welcome everyone here in person and online as well. We have a lot of people joining us from online. And, and I want to speak, we're starting out, just, just the, the brilliance, the importance, the significance, the meaning, just goodness. Just goodness. I love the movie, Saving Private Ryan. Any other Saving Private Ryan fans out there? It's a great movie. And then there's a beautiful scene at the end of the movie where the hero of the movie leans down in front of a grave for someone who sacrificed his life so that he could live. And he turns to his wife and he says, please tell me I've been a good man. Please tell me I've lived a good life. Irene, I know what you would say. <laughs> you have. You did. You lived a good life. You lived a good life. There's incredible power in that, incredible power and in understanding that that's the unequivocal yes as to the very goodness of life and that, that angel self stirred within us, the better angels of our nature, to pull us towards that great goodness. And I think as well, you know, as we talk about Bob's life today, I want to talk about it in terms of puzzles. I know he liked puzzles. I think in this life, the way we work is this. The way we work in our life is, is when we start a puzzle, as any kid knows in here, you start with the outside and you work in. But that's not how our spirit works. That's not how God works. That's not how heaven works. The way those work is we come from the center, from our heart. We build out. We build out to eternity, a place where there are no edges, there are no corners. We build and build and build and build again. And the beauty and the joy, that is that. Now, Bob's basic biography, born October 17, 1956, to Robert and Betty Johnson, joined by his beloved sisters. And here is where the humor with Bob starts. Joyce, Dawn, and Faith, known more commonly as ugly, uglier, and ugliest. <laughs> I was a little leery even saying that until they each told me that and identified themselves appropriately. Only a really good brother could get away with that. He was a graduate of Eisenhower High School. First main career job was with Blair Company, and the last was a machine operator, a machinist at Elwood National Forge. And now I want to come back, like those are the basics, those are the biography, and they're important and they're good to know. And, and, and you know, we, we say them every time at a memorial service, as I told the family, so that his grandkids can hear about this man. 
And what do we want him to hear even more? We want to hear about his heart. We want to hear about what made him tick. What made him go? Why you're gathered here? Why we have hundreds of people gathered online right now? Now that part is understanding again the puzzle, understanding what is the core of it, and then how do you build out? So I want to talk about that core. And the place to start is his wife, Rita. That beautiful core part, that very central piece that maybe he didn't even know he was missing at age 32. I love the way his brother said it, where Irene's brother said it, said the first time he met him, now he said, now that's a good match for Rita. A good match. It probably went match in one of two ways there, right? A good match for Rita. It's a fun talking and hearing about the story. A little matchmaking went on, courtesy of Bob's sister, Faith. Faith knew Reen from the courthouse. Reen had been despairing a bit, you know, and working where she was working, it was hard. And she said, you know, I, I just had this thought in my head, is any, any family actually happy? <laughs> they said, I'm going to take you to meet my brother. And they did at a volleyball game where she chatted up the assistant coach. And from there, the relationship blossomed. And I have to smile. I am from Western Pennsylvania. Grew up right over the hill from Reno. And they had the perfect Western Pennsylvania first date. A Ford Bronco, Pizza Hut, and dirt track racing. It does not get better than that in Western Pennsylvania. You have to love that. And then, and then, the, then the relationship grew and took hold, leading to an eventual elopement on Cinco de Mayo. How great that is. And that is where, with that core, where his puzzle started to come together. Where the pieces started to be added. And I want to talk about three amazing pieces that were added to that. Three incredible young men. Caleb joining the family in 1992, Blake in 1994, and Graham in 1997. As Reen said, these were his greatest gifts, and his greatest gifts to her, and the greatest gifts that they shared. I also smiled hearing Reen describe how, how, the, you know, how, how Bob the machinist went from Bob the baby holder and learning, <laughs> learning just how to take care of babies and how different that was. But he did it. And rumor has it he got pretty good at predicting the, ge the genders of babies coming up. I think this is worth saying. Green, their mom, said it well. He brought into this world not just boys, but good men. But good men. Which is another way of saying men just like their dad. What an honor that is. It's fun to see that the tenderness, you know, the tenderness in his fathering. Some little pieces that were shared. One that was discovered was, was a little tiny matchbox felt covered, sort of looked like a little dresser. And that dresser had these little matchbox slides, each one with a little note. And each of those little notes, this is what those little notes said. Beautiful little notes. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Dad, you rock, and I am Graham. <laughs> Thank you, Dad, you rock. No higher compliment there than with those. Another one that was shared was this, was this beautiful thing. Bob was, was, a, was a big diary keeper, you know, schedule keeper. 
and opening it up, and there's there's all these things things that are just kind of fun to look at, like got first shot off at a deer of the year and missed, you know, that kind of thing. And then as well, clippings of the boys, right along with them. Like I, I love the idea, right? That we're all writing this book of life. And it's not just a book of life that's this like the big event. It's a book of life that's our life, like our life with a capital L. That kind of life that, believe it or not, in the Bible is called Zoe. That's true life. And that's what he celebrated there. Beautiful stuff. Always looking out for their welfare. That was something that was really important to him. Even circling back in terms of life partners. I like this story. He informed his son Caleb that if he did not get on his horse and propose to Zoe, that he was going to talk to her and get her to propose to Caleb. <laughs> that is a beautiful thing. And just we think, folks, right? Like where that starts. Taking care of a marriage, taking care of a family. Just that simple, right? But see, that's why Bob, and not everybody's this way, I can tell you as a pastor, but I think that's why Bob was a lighthouse personality. A lighthouse. It may not move a lot, it may not run all over the place, but no lighthouse does its job that does that. A lighthouse does its job by that very steadiness. By that constancy. And he creates a light that we all can navigate. How beautiful is that? Now those pieces of the immediate family, again, the puzzle also had all these other folks with it as well. Parents, grandparents, foster children, sisters, cousins, later on, Green's extended family. One cousin said this, I spent a lot of time running around outside with Bob, playing in the creek in the barn lot, climbing trees, catching crabs, playing in the dirt with matchboxes, and generally bringing out a little tomboy in me. He also enjoyed playing games. I love that his sisters, you know, even to this day, did manage to work in a few complaints how Bob seemed to make up all the rules, <laughs> including one where he got to be the ghost man and hold a base, and all these different games that were just his and the rules were his as well. Reen's family also noted that closeness. Now, having known Reen's family forever, I can safely say this. Reen is wonderful, and her family is all wonderful. The girls are all wonderful, and they're all short. <laughs> and this one person talked about the beauty, her sister, her sister, talked about the beauty of watching Bob, six foot four, come in and kneel to... <laughs> Neil, to give each one a hug. How beautiful that is as well. The next piece is community. So again, it starts with a marriage and a family, and then it goes to our, to our extended family, and then that, that family continues to extend what, what we call my denomination, degrees of the neighbor. In other words, our idea of the neighbor just keeps on growing, keeps on echoing out. Bob was known, it appears, talking to people, if I was to define it, everywhere. Known all over the place. From home, to work, to 4-H. Yesterday, uh, you know, when we were at the visitation, somebody mentioned that they wanted their 4-H pin put in his casket because of what he had meant to them. Volleyball, local dirt tracks, 
the Warren County Fair. All these different pieces where he was known and loved and came alive. One son noted how that could be problematic, how you couldn't go anywhere without dad having his thought to chat with someone who he'd known for 25 years. That's a good thing. And it wasn't just a matter of being known. It was a matter of serving. A matter of serving. I think life, that's such a big lesson, right? Like, like we, we get to choose between fix, help, and serve. Fix, help, and serve. Fixing and helping are, are fine, but they're too much our agenda. When we really get to serving, that means we really reach down to where people are and help them in the ways that they need help. And this was clearly a man with a servant's heart. One son said that he asked his daddy, remember asking him one time, why do you help them? Bob's response, and this was so Bob, few words right to the point, because we can. That's simple. Because we can't. Went on to say, you know, that, that this was something he said once, but he lived every day. You folks see the lighthouse there? It's real simple. Real simple, but deeply meaningful at the same time. We also have to add in this piece, you know, we have family and all these human connections out in the community, and we also have to add in that connection, that puzzle piece of the great outdoors. Bob was an outdoorsman. A love passed down from his grandpa to his dad to him. From a little camp built in the woods as an eight-year-old to many trips, including some up to Canada with his sons for bear hunting, he loved the outdoors. His sisters made mention of that love for outdoors and animals that went way back to when he was little, raising orphan raccoons, including one named Francis, raising a family of mice in the closet until their father smelled them out, <laughs> and Helen, a grouse that followed her, him around their homestead for three years. And with all that, with that outdoors, this was something, he not only loved the outdoors, he really loved sharing the outdoors. Like sharing those experiences with people. One son wrote about his first memory squirrel hunting with his dad. All he had was a little wooden rifle that shot absolutely nothing. But Bob brought his rifle out. And it wasn't until later that his son realized that dad was not going out actually hunting with him. Dad just wanted him to have the experience about being outdoors. What that can be like for a father and a son. Game or no game, real or imaginary, it made no difference. Dad was happy to be in the woods. This was his place. This was where he truly came alive. That love of animals led into love of many other things, bees and beekeeping, crops and trees, a childlike enthusiasm. And I'll be coming back to this for acorns. He brought these from Philadelphia, so I brought a Philadelphia acorn for him today. That is indeed beautiful. We think about finding that home, and what does home mean? I mean, so much of our spiritual life in this walk, you know, is that idea that we're all going home. And the more we go home, the more we find home. The more we find home, the more we go home. And it was obviously where Bob's home was. 
with his family, it was with his extended community, it was with you. And it was with nature, with God's community. And finally, one piece that definitely deserves mention was Bob's sense of humor. His sisters with the aforementioned nicknames is a prime example of that. Another of his sisters mentioned his rather humorous advice in terms of hunting. He said he was trying, she asked him, how did he become a crack shot? He said, well, this is the trick. Just keep shooting until you see one fall. <laughs> and little, little pieces as well. Phone calls to his beloved parents who lived just three miles down the road. And some of you could say this by heart, I know. We lived just three miles down the road, and he would call them and say every day, Hi, it's your handsome son. What is the weather like down there? <laughs> you have to love a son like that. With all of this, there are many pieces that bring a smile, and there's others that may well, may well make us roll our eyes. Just that typical human bit. Like, I, I love that, you know... God has this creation. Our creation's good. It's never perfect. No, and I don't want to pretend that Bob was perfect. One of the things Bob was was an avid collector of stuff. A bit of a pack rat, one might say. Accumulating an abundance of things from lighters to twine. But at the same time, somebody who was not good, as Reen told me, of keeping track of passwords, combinations, or keys. That is life. When you combine all that, his marriage, family, close and extended, love of the outdoors, community, an abiding sense of humor, what does it look like? Well, it looks like this. This is what it looks like. This is how the puzzle all fits together, right here. And, and we have 59 families joining us online. It's well over 100 people joining us online. That's what it looks like. Somehow today, you know, we, we get to experience what's known as threshold wisdom. Threshold wisdom is where we, where we just for a minute, God gives us to see it. Even in our heartbreak and despair and feeling of, 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 of just a feeling alone and, and feeling adrift, we get to experience in a threshold moment just the way it all connects. As I said at the internment, Mother Teresa's beautiful statement, time where we remember that we do indeed belong to each other. And this is what that looks like. Returning back to that creation story. It's interesting with God, days one through five, everything gets sort of the stamp, the imprint of good. Creates it and then says this is good. Again, important to note, not perfect, but it's good. Humanity is created on the sixth day and here the wording changes and God says, this is very good. Now, we can look at that one of two ways. One way to look at that is, is to say, well, the very good is that he finally created humanity, that we are the peak of all creation. I'd ask us to maybe consider it differently. Maybe the very good is when it all comes together. Nature, community, family, extended and otherwise, us and the world. That's where God says, look, this is very good. When it all weaves together, somehow that's very good. And then we're ready when we experience that for the day of rest, for Sabbath, when the Jewish tradition is called Shalom. 
the peace that Jesus talks of that passes all understanding. Good to very good. And what we see is that we see that everything. And I just think about, you know, when even putting in like from the adopted raccoons to the love of his life, to his three boys, the greatest gift to his land, his community, we add it all together and there it is. There it is. And so what now? What is Bob waking to now? Well, I think one important place to start, and this is said many times in memorial services, but it's an important reminder. A loss on one side is a reunion on the other. A loss on one side is a reunion on the other. And I just want to say, I just treasure the idea of Bob meeting up with his dad. How precious that is. And then we start building. Finding our purpose, finding our place, continuing to build that puzzle with no edges. Building it through all of eternity where the best loves that we have are given breath by God. And we develop them again and again. They just get greater and greater because love knows no edges. Love knows no corners. Love knows all about seeds, though. Beautiful peace from my faith, my Christian faith tradition. Just the furthest we get, just, let, just listen to this part, folks. The furthest we can get in our lives it's just a seed for the next. Think about that for a minute. The first we get at any point in our lives is just a seed for the next. The beauty that that can be and what that can mean to just, just have these seeds planted. And the idea, you know, that I love is that that's what Bob did. Like, he grabbed a whole bunch of acorns from Philadelphia and brought them here to plant. There's something that's so Bob about that story, but there's something even more beautiful about that story. You're thinking about what was the seed for each one of you here? See, faith is simply this. Faith is when I can look at this acorn, and I can look at it, and I can go, that's a tree. That's what faith is. To look at this acorn and go, that's a tree, because that's what Bob saw. He looked at these things, and he said, look, that's a tree. Just give it some care. Give it some attention. Transplant it several times. Like, just help it to grow. And I think that's what he would be asking all of us here today, to have that same, I love this phrase, that same childlike enthusiasm. The growing things. In each other. You know what the word enthusiasm means? Entheum. In God. In God. And I think he would ask with a smile, what are all of you going to do with this? How are you going to carry it on? What are you going to do with it? Now, that isn't to say that this isn't hard. It is heartbreaking. Bob died before his time. God joins us in those tears. And even through that, even through that brokenness, even that feeling like somehow we missed out, even, 
even in that, can we still find within that a way to see the invitation, a way to see the blessing? Life always blessed. Life always broken. Life always shared. We all do that. I'm going to do a blessing here on the family in a minute. But I want you to all know how much Bob loved everybody here. How much you meant to him. How much you were part of his journey. You will see him again. Bob's building that puzzle. But you'll be a piece of it again. And you'll allow, you'll be part of that growth that takes place forever. Those, those ripples that go out to all eternity. Because, friends, we all know this. The simplest equation I know. That no matter what, no matter how hard, no matter how tough or challenging, that the final equation God wants us to remember is that love wins. Amen. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to actually have the family come up for a blessing and I'm going to see if I can be, get everybody on the screen there at once. Right? So if you guys all just stand right up here. <clears throat> you, guys, you guys want to say hi? Folks, you can turn on. The family just wants to say hi to you there. with your dad this morning. He's going to be with you forever. Rainy's going to be with you. Your boy's job, first things first, take care of your mom. All right? Check in on her. Call her once a week. <laughs> and I want you guys to know your dad's a great man. You know, a great man. He did amazing things. And for this great man, Right here is his greatest blessing. Right here, the things he's most proud of, the people he most loves, the trees he'd want to most show. Mm-hmm. He's going to be with you always. All these people are going to be with you guys always. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace bring you home. Amen. And now, folks, a, a final prayer, and then we'll have our last hymn. So please bow your heads in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your presence among those who are joining us today on video. Thank you for your presence, Lord, for those who joined us today in spirit and online. Lord, we ask just to hold Bob and his family tenderly. Lord, we ask to stir in our hearts the great, incredible gratitude we have for this man who lived his life so well. So well. Good man, Lord. Nothing more can be said than that. 
And Lord, as well, allow Bob to feel a stirring of the love that all of us hold for him. Family, friends, co-workers, community, all. Lord, be with us, be with him. In your name, this day we pray. Amen. Thank you, folks, and that concludes today's service.